You ever get that feeling the walls closing in, the concrete jungle suffocating you? You crave some wide open spaces, the chance to connect with nature, maybe in a spot all your own. Well, head over to land.com. They've got ranches, forests, mountains, streams, you name it. Search by acreage. You can search by location. You can search by the kind of hunting and fishing you're dreaming of. Land.com. It is where the adventure begins. This episode is brought to you by Navy Federal Credit Union. At Navy Federal, it's been the mission to help the military community for over 90 years. And not just help them, but do everything to make sure they not only grow, but flourish. That's why Navy Federal Credit Union has all kinds of great savings and investment options, like share certificates with sky-high rates. So don't hesitate. Start growing your finances today with a variety of savings and investment options. Navy Federal Credit Union. Our members are the mission. Savings products insured by NCUA. Investment products are not insured. Not obligations of Navy Federal and may lose value. There's nothing like snook hook sets at dawn or catching a tarpon in the moonlight. Find your next fishing trip made easy on fishingbooker.com and experience the magic of the Sunshine State or any other destination on your fishing bucket list. Book a blue water adventure in search of sailfish or go snapper fishing with the kids. With over 6,000 captains and trips to choose from, planning your next one just got a whole lot easier. Download the Fishing Booker app on the Google Play or App Store or visit them online at fishingbooker.com to book your trip today. I'm KC. And I'm Tyler. And you're listening to The Element Podcast and YouTube channel. What is happening, all you whiz people? Tyler wants to have conversations off the podcast, but we having conversations on the podcast because that's what podcasts are about. Just talking together. It's me and Tyler and you, but you can't talk back to us. No. That's okay, though. No. Uh, we love you anyways. This podcast is brought to you by First Light Gear. Right now we're watching a video of Tyler hunting mule deer in the middle of the Andes Mountains. Is that what this yeah, is? In yeah, in the middle of Andes. Really in the middle of nowhere. And he's wearing some First Light. Well, you know, one thing I like, a lot that I found out this week that first lot does is this thing called link uh kit link mm-hmm. and I'm wearing some jackets that might be like not available yet yeah you um, may see them soon for peasants you know but uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh but the kit link is legit it's a thing where like they had this like I can't really talk too much about it but it's we I have think, they have I don't it on think pri- kit link is new no I think the kit link but I can't talk about what oh, the this jacket is proprietary is you know, the way this That's works right. Um, so anyway, but you stick your hands in these like pocket pocket, like pockets <laughs> under your pockets and it goes into the pockets, the source. If you have a source jacket on underneath one of these like bigger, mm-hmm. like sawtooth type jackets and you put your kit link hands mm-hmm. into your source jacket on the inside, it is the warmest place on earth. You know, the, uh, the one that's like the super source. Uh, yeah. That has very comfortable kit link. It like does. it's like, it, does. it doesn't fit like, you, you know how like. On those, for instance, you got to stick your hand through zippers, and it kind of hurts when uh-huh. your hands are cold and dry. Yeah, slipping them in through that soft I stuff, I Ooh, know. baby, it's it's good, man. It's y'all, nice. y'all are gonna see some. Y'all cool gonna stuff like it? Out. It's gonna be good. Anyway, um, we're out uh, again, middle of nowhere, just not the Andes Mountains this time. Uh, we're here in Texas, and we're hunting a lease, KC. And there's some uh, newfound friends of ours on this. There lease are, man. We got today. a couple uh, new buddies, as you'd say. Nutties. Hey, they're new buddy. Um, oh, nutties. <laughs> nutties. <laughs> they're a little uh, nutty. JP France, 
Houston Astros pitcher, right-handed pitcher. Um, yeah. Which matters because that's how you decide uh, what Dude, if what's there's the ever been be like. a right-hander that looks like he should be left-hander, it's JP. Dude, he, I'm telling you, he reminds me so much of Wild Thing off of that movie. What was that movie called, Eric? Major League. We should have had Eric on this podcast, yeah. man. Well, we can plug him in, can't we? Yeah. And just turn him on? We could. Can you do that mid-thing? I don't know if we can mid-thing, but, you know, we can. There you are. I'm here. Eric's back. <laughs> <laughs> so, Eric said Who's back? Major League. If you have baseball trivia, Eric is on top of it. Um, uh, But, J.P. France is here. Yep. And uh, he looks like a left-hand pitcher, but he's a right-handed the pitcher. Stash. You'll probably hear from him later. Um, Specs. And uh, he's got a custom bino harness leather plate thing on the back that has, like, Houston Astros and his – you wouldn't say it's his face, but, like, his, he has glasses and a mustache. Uh-huh. And it's kind of like his signature look. Yeah. And he's got, like, a somebody made a leather thing for him yeah. for that. It's pretty cool. I'll take yeah. a picture and put it on the story. That would be cool. Yeah, yeah. people would like that, I think. Um, and then a completely different guy – Mm-hmm. Named Lay McNasty or Lay McClendon, depending on how you know him. Um, he is a, I mean, I wouldn't call him a social media influencer, but he's like social media famous. He makes funny videos mm-hmm. on social, uh, but he likes to deer hunt a whole lot. It's from Louisiana. Both these guys are from Louisiana. Yeah, that's and, weird. Yeah. And so it's like, um, we're, we kind of got like this whole thing where we're just trying to. Just fight off all that nasty that comes to Louisiana around oh, here. Whatever they're a, here, it's constant. Man. <laughs> These boys, they they dirty swamp. Well, yeah. We had a we had we had a guy on uh, at SMU when I was there, and he was the only white cornerback on the team at SMU. I don't know if he ever actually played a down of like cornerback position. Mm-hmm. I think he's in special teams a little bit. Uh, he he might might be listening. A uh, good friend of mine named Chase Courtney, and he was from Alexandria, Louisiana, which a lot of people consider North Louisiana. I think it's like kind of in the middle of the state. And um, he, his nickname was Gutter Rat. Gutter, Gutter Rat. Cause, just because he's from Louisiana. Just living them gutters. That's it. That's the only reason. <laughs> I mean, the coach, I think our coach nicknamed him that, our DB's coach that came in yeah. with June Jones. Coach Odom. He's one of my if favorite coaches. If you are also. lacking in nicknames and you were still young enough to play on some sports team, a coach will give you a nickname. It's just the way it goes. Well, um, we, what was we, your we nickname? We can give some nicknames. Uh, e. E. Yeah. Like error? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I had a lot of errors. So. I thought it was E because it's like red panda and there's an E in there. E.G., right? Yeah. E.G. Yeah, that's it. Um, <laughs> so, J.P. France and – Everyday Gangster. Lay McNasty up in here. Y'all, we'll probably have them on the podcast here very soon. Do you have a nickname? Um, I didn't really. I uh, didn't either, really. No. Um, I'm trying to think. They called me T. Jones because we had a Brandon Jones. Mm-hmm. Um, I know Brandon Jones. Yeah, this is a different one. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, they called me T. Jones all the time. I uh, – yeah. I don't even know if they ever called me. But I played a lot. <laughs> hey, linebacker. Yeah. Linebacker, you got to fill that <laughs> That's gap. That's it. 52. You know, just, I bet I got called by my number a whole Boy lot. 52. Yeah. Uh, Peyton Manning knows me well. Um, o- Omaha. Uh, yeah. Omaha. Isn't it, he's got a brand named Omaha now so, or something, yeah. right? What's he doing with that? I forget, but. I don't know. Is that like a charity thing? No, I think it's like a Omaha podcaster maybe or something oh. like that that Peyton's doing. Um, I, I had a buddy text me the other day. He said, have you ever watched the Monday Night uh, deal with Peyton and Eli, 
And I was like, oh, I've heard it's pretty funny. He's like, it's just really cool because you're just sitting there. Like, they're just watching games like they probably would be doing in their living room. Mm -hmm. And if they're at home watching a game together and just kind of like – I feel like it – I don't know. The way he explained it is like it wasn't too – like it wasn't like a coach. It was just like, you know, you get some cool commentary and insight, but like it's not like over the top and Mm -hmm. in your face. It's It's not a Tony Romo just uh, (laughs) telling you all – Golly, man. That's impressive. Yeah, um, we watched. I watched the thing on Tony Romo the other day. It's kind of sad. Um, He's a sad guy. He yeah. He, he shouldn't have gone he, to Mexico. He really regrets that. Yeah, I like, bet. Really, really does. That was like the bane <laughs> of his whole career. I feel like man, it's like I don't know. Tony, I'm not gonna say. I don't Tony, if you listen, I don't need to enter this conversation because <laughs> Eric's such a huge fan of Tony. Dude, I the am, people dude. in your family are not fans of Tony Romo. <laughs> <laughs> no. um, I love Tony Romo. Um, but he's fine. I just there's just like a few things that I think yeah, sure. were a little overrated. Yeah, well, so same with me, man. Uh, so uh, <laughs> the uh, Lay and JP are out hunting, and we're taking it easy. We're kind of doing some cooking stuff, hanging out. Uh, we'll do some hunting later in the week, but uh, we're kind of like playing like host, not really guide, you know, but just like we told him come hunt with us. And uh, I'd rather host this because that's yeah. what I'm going to eat a lot Poinky. of this week. <laughs> I bought some fun rounds. I figured we could do some fun stuff with some fun hey, rounds. Yeah. Five foot three, three hundred pounds. That's it, dude. <laughs> um, so um, we're going to make us some burritos, burritas, as we I call them. Dude, uh, I told dude. my dad <laughs> what the other day. The burrito, dude. You've been adding A to everything, dude, man. You I cannot call. say O. No, like, I've no. noticed that. Nah. <laughs> That's why we say naw, man. You're the exact opposite of Michael. That's it. When you say window, like you can't say window. Yeah, yeah. No, I don't say oh window. Willow pillow. Yeah, that's. Listen, guys. How bad would it be if I went around? There's one I could not remember. I wanted to tell my dad about the other night. Avocado. No, it's it's like it's outrageous, dude. I can't remember what it is. It's one of the more like it does, it almost is like the opposite of sensible, you know what I mean? Yeah. Whatever it is. I can't remember what it is. I I'll come up with it at some point. I mean, if it has an O at the end of it, I pronounce it with an A. Mm-hmm. That's just every word. Colorado. 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 Yeah. Colorado and or Colorado sometimes with an R. He's been doing Colorado since I met him. Amar- yeah. You probably say Amarilla. Amarilla for sure. <laughs> Amarilla uh, Mar- morning. Uh Oklahoma, put Oklahoma. an A at the end of That's, that one. It is, yeah, <laughs> for sure, man. Yeah. Uh, hey, this is what we talk about. There we go. Um, this, yeah. if y'all haven't watched this, this hunt uh, that Tyler went on for his mule deer is really awesome. But I'm gonna try to not be too distracted by it on TV. Um, anyways, we're out here doing some hunting in Texas. Texas has a crazy long rifle season. Yeah. And we're gonna get into a very cool rifle hunt story here in a bit, but. There is some controversy in the world of rifle hunting. Uh, and I don't mean just some Illinois bull that Eric whoa. brings up in here. Uh, <laughs> whoa, whoa. <laughs> How long is the rifle season in Illinois? Zero. That's what I thought. <laughs> but what I, what I do mean is that um, the state of Missouri in particular uh, has a rifle season, that oh, hi hat, uh, <laughs> that sits <laughs> – Right in the later days of prime rut. Like, I wouldn't say it's, like, prime, but it is good. And a lot of Missouri residents don't like it, and a lot of them do because they get to shoot a lot of deer. Um, But there's, like, a paradox involved with this that I kind of wanted to just bring up and have some conversation about. Texas doesn't have that. Instead, we have two and a half months of rifle season, pretty much, Uh, depending on how the dates fall. It's usually the first uh, Saturday in November. 
and then it'll run through the first Saturday in January. Uh, so about two months, but then there's like some extra seasons in there for doe and spike and this, and that, and the other. So you, you can hunt deer with a gun in Texas a whole, whole lot. In Missouri, I believe it is 10 days, and they're riding it two weekends in a week, and it one of those that types. Sounds about right. Um, so um, it's shorter. It'll be similar to Oklahoma, too. Yeah. Like Oklahoma, same. I think, is two weeks, right? And, and it, I don't know. I think it's, I think it's like uh, two weekends. Is that it? I thought it used to be two weeks, but... I know there's a lot of like public land hunts that are nine days, so I, I feel like they were just mirroring the season. Maybe so, but I don't know. Maybe not. Um, but either way, it's it's, it's shorter, it right? And, and so the juxtaposition that I want to make is that it it almost would seem that people are more conservative with their shots, uh, not like as far as risky shots, but just taking shots, um, and hunt at a slower pace and maybe don't shoot up the woods near as much on a long rifle season versus a Missouri or Oklahoma where it's like, we got a short amount of time to do this. Let's all just hit the woods and just plaster things as quickly as possible. Um, I would like to see more stats on this. I'm, I'm really bringing it up more than I am solving problems, you know, because it's something I've been thinking a, a lot about. Not that I have a lot of control over the uh, regulations on this stuff, but I would like to think that we as a people can stand up to tyrannical forces and tell them, hey, we don't like this regulation, or we do, or whatever, you know, and we here's what we think about it. Um, so, Tyler? Missouri's 10 days, and Oklahoma looks to be about two weeks. Okay. Um, so... What do you think about what I have to say there? Do you think that you weren't listening because you're looking at No, <laughs> yeah. I, I heard what you're saying. Yeah. Stand up to tyrannical forces. Yeah, that's right. I mean, that's that's the main point, right? But um, <laughs> do you think – so Missouri uh, – our friend Sean Lucknell talks about this often. Yep. And Sean's a sensible guy. He's He has a show called Heartland Rifle Hunter. Yeah. <laughs> um, Sean, Sean is not a fan of the Missouri rifle dates, as are other Missouri hunters that I know. Um, Adam Keith. Uh, Matt Dye. Uh, talked to Matt the other day on Retfresh Radio. If you aren't listening, we're hosting Retfresh Radio on the Wired to Hunt feed. It's probably the best thing on the Wired to Hunt feed. Oh, dang, um, dude. Don't listen, so. Mark. Don't listen. Don't, <laughs> uh, don't <listen>. worry. <laughs> ain't um, so, uh, anyways, uh, they, they, they're very outspoken uh, in a you know um, tasteful way about how they don't like it. Uh, and they wish it was at different dates. Um, and I just wonder if the social pressure from those 10 days is worse than the month or two month long rifle season that our deer endure because people there are like there's a three-year-old only got four more days i need to shoot that thing whereas now it's like you see a three-year-old in texas on the 15th of november you got like over a month to see that deer again if you want to shoot him that's a good point um i don't know the first year so the first year i got my property and hunted the ranch buck. Many people might remember. Um, there was also another buck in that video that I went full draw on at one point. <clears throat> and he uh, he's a really nice, like probably 140s type 11 point. He's a basically a mainframe 10. Did you talk to like, him? <laughs> yeah, he was super nice. Super nice. Um, <laughs> he uh, had an inside kind. <laughs> and this deer was probably five or six years old. I I had a little history with him. I, I don't feel like going through in the, in the whole story right now. But um, so I end up shooting a ranch buck on the 30th of November, I believe it was. And on 
I don't know, in the middle of December, like near Christmas, I believe, maybe even after Christmas, I find out that one of the neighbors has shot with a rifle an 11 point and cannot find it. Mm-hmm. I believe that neighbor has a fairly small property. So I don't know how much they were able to like leave their property and get permission to go elsewhere, but <clears throat> never found the deer. I consequentially, or maybe uh, correlated, I guess, um, did not ever see that deer again. Mm-hmm. And it had to have been that deer that was shot. And so uh, looking at that, I I feel like you make a good point, but there's also this thing where it's like, if you hadn't gotten your deer by, you know, uh, Christmas break, then you're going to have some spare time around the holidays that you don't have to work. And guess what? It's cold one day and that deer wants to eat at a feeder Mm -hmm. in your backyard and you can just shoot it from your back porch. Yeah. And so I don't know, man, I just, I still think that like, the eight-week season is just terrible. I think it's – I think that it's – you're right. There's, like, this fast and furious – Well, to clarify, I'm not I'm not saying one's better than the other. No, I know. I'm bringing up just the idea of them being different. <clears throat> sure. Yeah. Uh, and, and maybe pitching that, that might be more intensive uh, for harvest or whatever. But, uh, I mean, I, I, I just think that, like, um, if your rifle season is 10 days long – probably gonna be a lot of people in the woods in those 10 days right Mm -hmm. there may or may not be negative impacts to what the deer are doing and so there may be maybe less chance that each person kills a deer than they would have had if there was not such an influx of people into the woods Mm -hmm. so maybe those people aren't getting deer or as many deer as they would like during that period whereas over an eight-week period things change there's second ruts there's all kinds of things that can happen that make deer move mm-hmm. cold fronts i mean there's there's been we haven't had hardly any cold fronts like since october we've this talked is about the, probably the best one since yeah that we're having right now i mean so you think about a 10-day season versus we're now having a cold front you know almost the first cold front of the year uh for rifle season um i don't know six weeks into it or mm-hmm. whatever so if you if you have an eight week rifle season, it that it helps you to hit a cold front when you have an Indian summer type of year or whatever you want mm-hmm. to call it. So I don't know. It's an interesting thing to to. Uh, it's probably not even quantifiable and not like something that you can actually come to a conclusion on in any study. I'm Here's sure. the deal: unless the, you're a certain organization that loves to come to conclusions. That's exactly know? right. <laughs> if if your uh, acronym of your uh, society ends with WD, uh, <laughs> you probably. Will find some data to support whatever motive you have, and so like I can see a world where the Texas rifle season could change because they'll do whatever they want to. Yeah. Um, and where they'll follow the money, and so I'm probably getting in trouble right now. Sorry, guys. Uh, eh, I don't know. Um, at least it's you, not me. That's right. That's what I'm known for saying the controversial things. Uh, but um, uh, if you got any, if you got a brain, you know it's true. Anyways, um, so. How bad would the social backlash be if they cut the Texas rifle season in half? Bad. Bad. There are a lot of gun owners in Texas. Isn't it wild? And that's that's where it would get, get, uh, you know, it would get framed by the other side. It's like, it's an attack on gun rights, you know, and hunter opportunity and that kind of stuff. And I'm not saying better for worse. Uh, I'm just saying that it is, it's crazy to me that bow hunting wasn't legal until the 70s in a lot of places. Mm-hmm. And then now, you look at these other states, like Illinois, for instance, you only have a rifle season. 
There's a shotgun season, I think. Mm-hmm. I don't even know if y'all can use the walled cartridge. Can y'all use the 350 Legend? Do you know? You're asking the wrong guy. There's know. a muzzleloader season, I guess. Yeah, there is. Yeah, so like, there's a couple of those things going on, but they're short. Mm-hmm. It's usually a weekend. Yeah, and so like, it's bow hunting bounty only, mm-hmm. and it's weird how like things just completely swung the other direction in a lot of these other states, and uh, it does make for good deer um, populations and good age structures and all that stuff but at the same time i mean there's a reason why texas is known as a hunt state you ever get that feeling you're stuck inside staring at screens and a primal urge kicks in you crave wide open spaces fresh air the chance to connect with the land well maybe it's time to find your own piece of the wild, but searching for property can be a maze. That's where land.com comes in. They got millions of listings across the country from mountain ranches to hidden fishing holes. Their search tools are like a seasoned guide helping you narrow down what you want. Land.com isn't just about buying and selling. It's about finding a place to hunt, fish, explore, or simply sit by a campfire and listen to the crickets. So head over to land.com today to turn one day into today because trust me there's nothing quite like the feeling of standing on your own piece of earth this episode is brought to you by navy federal credit union at navy federal it's been the mission to help the military community for over 90 years and not just help them but do everything to make sure they not only grow but flourish that's why navy federal credit union has all kinds of great savings and investment options like share certificates with sky high rates so don't hesitate start growing your finances today with a variety of savings and investment options Navy Federal Credit Union. Our members are the mission. Savings products insured by NCUA. Investment products are not insured. Not obligations of Navy Federal and may lose value. There's nothing like snook hook sets at dawn or catching a tarpon in the moonlight. Find your next fishing trip made easy on fishingbooker.com and experience the magic of the Sunshine State or any other destination on your fishing bucket list. Book a blue water adventure in search of sailfish or go snapper fishing with the kids. With over 6,000 captains and trips to choose from, planning your next one just got a whole lot easier. Download the Fishing Booker app on the Google Play or App Store or visit them online at fishingbooker.com to book your trip today. I'm trying to look right now to see. Um, so, paid. Uh, I'm looking. Well, this is fishing licenses. Isn't it 1.1? I think I think it's over a million. Yeah, I think it's 1.1 hunting licenses. I I believe 1.1 million. I'm trying to give me fishing licenses, fishing and hunting licenses. It says on this. Well, okay, here we go. Here's the hunting graph. Texas, 1.15. 1.15. I don't know when this article was written either. Um, so PA is the next one at nine eight four nine hundred eight four. That's a lot because PA probably has less people overall. Yeah, you know, so per capita, say. it's really high. Yeah. Um, but but I mean, you're talking about one point one five million. One million one hundred and fifty thousand people. And you take guns out of the mix, and there's a here's here's the thing I realized the other night. This is literally something I realized this week. I think is that people. I'm going to say it here, guys. Uh-oh. People Mm-mm. like the th- 
they like the thought of hunting more than they like actually hunting sometimes. Do you mean hunters like the thought of hunting? Or do you yeah. Mean, yeah. And I realized this because I'm having some conversations We talked about recently. this. Yeah, 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 I think we did. <laughs> but uh, people love to – I talked about this with my dad too. So people – the reason – we've talked we talked a lot about actually Texas antler regs the other night, and this is where this conversation came into play, where um, – I, I said that guys don't want to fight against the 13 inch rule and they and they people dudes love to say uh they there's a lot of dudes that are like oh yeah he's just a, he's just you know 16 inch wide buck man I didn't shoot him you know they like to say that like as if they're trophy minded or they're management minded and they want to mm-hmm. make bigger deer and they want to shoot big deer and stuff but I truly think dudes don't want to deal with the deer after they shoot it I think oh, I, believe the, I think that is the a number one thing with antler regs that people just are on board with, and I think that in the same way, um, it's hard to archery hunt, and you have to get close and you have to put in time. And today in our society, time is not something that we have much yeah. of. And that's why I think that crossbows are so readily embr- embraced. Yeah, you don't have you to, don't have to practice. Time in. You, I mean, you you put you sight it in and it's ready to go. You don't mm-hmm. have to practice. I've ha- and you I, probably saying, should practice a little bit, but I've, it ain't in nothing compared should. to a bow. You like should, I think, right, but for sure, it's not like an upright bow. But like I've had a good buddy tell me this, so I'm mm-hmm. not just saying this statement, and just like we're throwing it out there. I mean, he's told me like, "Hey, I sighted that thing in. I hadn't shot it since. I go out there and I smoke a deer with it, like mm-hmm. three months later or whatever, you know." Yeah. And I think that that's that to me. I guess that's what I'm saying is like, so the reason. That rifle hunting could never be shortened in Texas in any near future, I don't think, is because the the general population loves the ability to take a gun that has been sighted in for 15 years mm-hmm. and not have to shoot it except for at a deer that year when they see one that they like. And they like to go get in a box blind and sit 150 yards away and not worry about the wind and not worry about moving and sit there with their kids, which is good. Mm-hmm. But, like, it's just a little bit – it's it's a it's I'm not saying this I don't want to say this in like a, ne- a super negative way but I think that guys take it as an opportunity to be lazy and lazy in the hunting sense but I think if this is what you enjoy doing and you want to relax I'm cool with it I'm not trying to hate on it I'm just saying this is the thing this is why rifle hunting is gonna still have an eight week season I also think that there is an inverse correlation inverse function type thing going on with texas being the lowest public land availability state mm-hmm. and the longest rifle season with the most hunters yeah because I think you're right. it's a it's a huge it's an economy thing because there's no public to go on so people lease ground in texas to hunt deer on so what we do we're here on a deer lease yeah in Texas, it's a thing you do here. It's it's it is common practice. It is the way it's done. Mm-hmm. If you were a public land hunter in Texas, which I have been, you don't get to hunt much. That's just, that's yeah. just it, you know. And so, um, you get to that see much. That's rifle sure. season allows guys to make good on their investment in a lease because mm-hmm. leases are not cheap. They yeah. they they range right, but everybody's going to pay at least a thousand dollars to hunt deer. Usually, if you're not, then you probably aren't seeing a lot of deer. Well, and to kind of bolster your point a little bit, think about if they took rifle season and pinched it into nine-day season, two weekends and a week, 
dudes aren't probably paying. That's where I'm getting. Money. That's and where I, I'm getting. Like, oh, sorry, they I'm wouldn't do like it. This. No, it's fine. But I'm glad you understand the same thing I am. Yeah. They, it would severely impact the economy that drives the Texas hunting force. And you said this before we got on the podcast. People don't understand Texas. Yeah, they don't understand how massive it is. You're if you're literally talking millions and millions and millions of dollars would yes. be would would be lost in economy value. Yeah. If, if people stopped leasing ground. Yep. And I get it. It's extra income for landowners. But you know what? Somebody in their family worked hard to own that land. Yep. You know, and they, they deserve that income. Yeah. You know, Guess what? Them the dudes go spend money on trucks. That's right. And then people who work in truck factories get money. Yeah. People who work in chip hey, factories. Listen, we're in a little bitty town in Texas right now that right now the number one economic driving factor outside of Christmas buying is going to be hunters. Yeah, we're paying for an Airbnb. That's right. Right here in this town. And this I house would, wouldn't have an owner in it probably. You guarantee know what I mean? you. Yeah, this house would have a renter or something, you know, or yep. it might be pushed down at this point in time. Mm-hmm. Who knows, right? But like on the Airbnb listing, Airbnb listing, it says hunters welcome like at the top. Yeah. You know, so it's like a thing that's – there's a – there's a dadgum Ibex on the wall in here, you know. <laughs> yep. There's a Neil guy in our room. That's right, that, You dude. know, like, they know who they're appealing to. Yeah, well, they know that the, the kings are going to be up in that room. That's it. <laughs> Tyler and I <laughs> shared a room up in here. Just hitting, hanging out with the Neils. Yep. And uh, have you touched the beard on that Neil guy? Uh-uh. <laughs> <laughs> I don't have you to. touched the beard on this Ibex? No. I almost hit it with my head earlier. Yeah. It looks like Eric's hair. It does. About the same color. <laughs> Golly, it really it's is. It's the same consistency, too, dude. <laughs> Dang, dude. Same we need to take a picture with Eric and that thing. Oh, for sure. <laughs> Eric Ibex, dude. <laughs> yeah, they were asking what kind of Ibex it was. I'm going to tell them it's an Eric Ibex. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Looked like a sand one. Yeah, I'd say. Yeah. You got a short-faced Ibex, I think. I think that's you. exactly <laughs> yeah. it. How'd you know? Um, but all that is the precursor to our discussion, or that was our discussion about rifle hunting, which... Uh, Tyler, I brought a thirty thirty on this trip. I might shoot me a deer or two or three with that thing at some point in time. Uh, I am leaving here with a deer. We got Let's doe go. tags, and we got does, so I'm going to shoot a deer. Like, absolutely. Let's go. And then um, you brought uh, – have you ever been to, like, a big Cabela's? Yeah, been and a while. have, like, the gun room back there? Yeah. That's, that's what cool, you brought, right? I think. The <laughs> gun room. <laughs> yeah. I did. I, did. I brought – Two shotguns, uh, one's an over-under, one's a – I think I brought a Nova in the other one. It's been in my truck since for a week and a half now. Um, and I brought a 6.5 Creedmoor that I won in a meat eater uh, company contest. How about that? I, sh- I outshot everybody. I talked about it um, a while back, but I, I was uh, – we got to compete against. I, I didn't outshoot Giannis because he wasn't in the competition. Um, so, you know, but I outshot. Uh, I was in Steve and Cal and Phelps's group, and it was intimidating. Phelps is a good shot. Yeah, I believe um, that. And I had he actually had to teach me how to use the gun that because I was like I had I don't know how to do this. <laughs> he was like chill. you press the button and you and it shows you your dope and you adjust it on the deal and hold a little bit for windage and I was like okay. <laughs> And uh, but anyway, so I got I got me a free six five Creedmoor, which is awesome because I wasn't about to buy me a new gun. Um, and um, world's most controversial round at the moment. A bow it is pretty controversial. Yeah. So you don't like it, do you? Well, potentially. I was open to it. Yeah. And the Hasn't window done a whole lot of proving. The window's closing quickly. <laughs> um, 
I mean, I, I still am always pretty much going to stand by. Like, saying that a cartridge can't kill deer is like saying that my Bowtech bow can't kill deer. Yeah. There's a whole lot of other stuff going on. For sure. You know, and so we'll get into that We song. talked about that with Lay earlier. Yeah. You know, he's like, he's shooting a 270. And mm-hmm. I was like, oh, that's a good round, man. He's like, yeah, it's just an old gun. It's no, no reason to shoot anything different it kills everything i shoot with yeah. it you know he got so. him a three benign redfield on that thing which you know ain't a great scope yeah and he kills stuff because yeah. i mean most of the country it doesn't need to use a tech knob and dial in for 387 yeah. you know like he's hunting in louisiana and shooting deer at 90 yards and mm-hmm. it kills them dead it's fun yeah it's real cool when they drop oh 270 you put them on the ground too. yeah well as a big dog put me on the ground yeah you know it's funny <laughs> we're gonna get into your story but, like, you, you grow up thinking certain things, and then as you get older, you kind of learn some stuff. Not that you were taught. Yeah, you were you were taught wrong. I was taught wrong. Wrong. But I still appreciate everything I was taught. Otherwise, golly, Sorry. what do you got going on? Trying to there? get this bow <laughs> out of my head. <laughs> You're, like, cuddling with your bow or something. Yeah, yeah. Um, but, um, so, growing up, I always thought a 270 was a small gun, and then the, the 300 Win Mag was a big rifle, and then my parents – got me a seven mag because it was smaller than a 300 and then you grow up and realize those are like all magnums so they're (laughs) all just kicking the tar out of you it ain't they ain't they're you know depends on who's listening you all of you're gonna be like there's a lot of difference in those but then Mm -hmm. for the general public those are all about near the same thing yeah you know at 100 yards they're blowing holes in deer and you're you're putting them on the ground Mm -hmm. you know so um it's just funny to think about this. And then we have the new stuff like the 6.5 come up, which you recently got to use on a hunt. Mm-hmm. I did. I uh, So I, I got to do some some rifle deer hunting in Texas on public land, which was really cool. Really wow. Fun. Yeah. Um, and so, you know, it's, it's – uh, there's <clears> – <throat> It's only you and like seven people in the world that got to do that. This There's year. limited opportunity <laughs> for sure uh, to do that, and so I was very glad uh, to get to do that. And um, so I was going into an area that I thought would have some pretty good deer. And I was going. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know if y'all know this, but there are phrases within the element that you can't say. <laughs> that's the one you can say it. There's no penalty, but it's yeah. just like he was going or I was going. Yeah, yeah that's awful. Uh-huh. Um, so anyway. Uh, I thought there'd be some big deer around, so I'm like, man, I, you know, I want to, I want to kind of hold out for a day or two and see what's around, you know, and um, and so we, Greg and I go out there because Greg's uh, a gun hunter from Texas. He kind of gets it, so we're like, ah, oh, he'll be good on camera to understand how this goes and what to show, you know, what mm-hmm. people want to see when it comes to gun hunting and that kind of thing. And uh, so me and Greg go out there. We stay in a hotel um, on the way out. Get there the next morning. And we go out that evening, <clears throat> and this story is not super long um, <laughs> because we we go out with the plan basically. Hey, deer are going to be moving off this property to uh, some ag probably in the area, and so we're going to hunt deer that are moving that way. But really, the idea was we set up on this little shelf on the edge of kind of a creek, and I don't know, we're probably twenty feet above like the bottom. Mm-hmm. It's all like kind of. It's like floodplain type stuff. <clears throat> we can see pretty good ways. It's pretty, I mean, it's open, pretty open. And we're, we're high, so we can see. Well, we're just going to sit there and wait for these deer to travel by, and we're going to figure some stuff out. I'm going to learn what where are these deer, like, actually coming through and going to this ag source, you know, mm-hmm. this food source or whatever. 
Like, where are they going to come through? And then, then tomorrow we'll set up on that and see if a buck comes by. That's the plan. So we're just relaxing, dude. We're chilling. We're, the sun's uh, – it's kind of warm. sun starts to kind of go down. We had seen, like, three does kind of get up, move beds, and then eventually leave after they got up again. <clears throat> and um, and so I'm like – I start glassing as the sun starts getting low, and I look over to the west, and I'm like, dude, there's a pretty big buck over there. And uh, when I say over there, like three-quarters of a mile. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm looking through these 12s that Vortex uh, makes that are awesome. They're razor, and they're just super clear. It's like – the best binos I've ever looked through. And I'm just like, but they're 12, 12 by, so they, I mean, they can see pretty good. Like, I can see this buck is good, I guess is what I'm saying, yeah. from, from three quarters of a mile. But I can't tell what he is exactly. I just see a big frame. And when he turns and, like, looks at me, I mean, it is, he's wide. And I'm like, holy, is that we? And so I'm like, and he's with a doe, and they're kind of moving slow, but he's just shadowing her. So I turn to Greg, and I'm like, dude, should we go – that way because it's away from the truck i'm like should we go just get it see if we can get a better look at him just want to know i feel like he's his frame is big he's potentially a shooter you know mm-hmm. and so greg doesn't really you know he gives me the uh subcontractor like you know <laughs> passive i don't want to make the decision because you might be mad at me if i make the decision kind of thing you know and so but um, he did say something he did yeah <laughs> how about that he's, it was like i don't know or something you yeah know? <laughs> and uh so which I can't, I can't, you know, hate him for that. I mean, no, you don't. It's something guys do. Um, anyway, so no real advice. So I sit there a couple more minutes, and I'm, I'm looking. I at think him. Greg prefers to be retrospective. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> well, it's, you can be right when you're retrospective, That's right? right? Uh, so anyway, we um, we're sitting there a couple more minutes. I'm still glassing. I'm like, man, they're not moving very fast. And I start looking at the map, and I'm like, Dude, we could probably. We could probably ambush them pretty pretty good right there, like in the direction they're heading. And I'm like, but they're kind of heading off off of what we can hunt. Like they they could get there before we could get there potentially. Mm-hmm. And so you know, I'm like, man, I'm just sitting there thinking. And finally, I'm like, I right, do. Let's just go. Let's just let's just go try to get a better look at him. So we like pack up as quick as possible. Greg's still packing. I take a leak. We take off, and we uh, we burns like tons of ground down this like ridge system and we we drop down into the bottom we burn more ground i'm trying to check on them every once in a while and we start getting fairly close like within a few hundred yards several hundred yards to where like i feel like he might see us you know so uh we're kind of staying in the stuff a little bit i'm glassing and he's to my west like i said the sun's going down and it is making it very difficult to see what he is so I'm like, look, I'm glassing into the sun kind of. I'm getting a lot of flare and like just, you know, distortion essentially. Can't tell what he's what he is, but he looks big. So we get we get like three, I think we get like 380 from him or something. And I still cannot tell what he is other than he's just got a big looking frame. Um, BLF. BLF. And I mean, I'm like, I put my, I got a 15 power uh, scope on that gun and it's a vortex as well. It's awesome uh, scope, but I still, because of the sun, I guess, cannot tell like what the steer is. I'm looking at him through the scope, which I don't know if that's appropriate or not. I know a lot of guys do it, but like, you know, Greg asked, he asked me later, like, you know, 
is it uh do you feel like you know looking through your scope and stuff is something we should show on camera and i'm like i don't know i'm that's the way i've always done it man you know, me I, too i got my safety on my finger off the trigger i'm not yeah. you know lay and i were talking about this, this morning i was like asking if he had buying i was like he said no man i just look at him through the scope i was like yeah. Yeah, that's how i always did it too but yeah. i go out with buddies that were from west texas and like they use binos <clears throat> until it's time to like put your finger on the trigger mm-hmm. to me i'm like man i keep my figure out of the trigger guard finger out of the trigger guard i can just yeah. do whatever you yeah, know I mean, that's, it's just a, it's just an optic yeah and we, i'm with you we so we we like kind of like i think we use my bag as like a little lean to or whatever and i'm sitting there looking can't figure it out so i'm like all right there's i start looking at the map but like we can't get any closer going at them because mm-hmm. we're about to crest this hill and just be in the wide open at 380 yards they're gonna see us for sure so I, I start looking at my map. I'm like, man, we can cut up this little draw right to right to my north here, and then go down essentially a two track on this place that goes almost to them. We hop up over this like nice like I don't know what do you think what do you think a cap rock is? You mean like hot? Through? If I said cap rock, what would you what would you think of? I would think it'd be like a cliff cliff face with a with a like smooth spot on top kind of thing, kind of uh, like rim rock almost. We, is it vertical straight down pretty much? It's like a it's to, a cliff. It's, it's not a like cliff a, that goes a down really hill. into uh, like a steep erosion-based gravel. Okay. Well, I don't know if this would qualify, but it was a it was a pretty steep but small hill. Yeah. And and it was and it had like some bowls and some canyon type stuff in it, mm-hmm. and that's where they're heading into. Last I saw them, so I'm like, we can just do this. So we take off dude i'm sweating you know like jacket too many jackets on for this for didn't, sure. didn't plan to have to go this far uh-huh <laughs> and but i i still can't see him so i'm like all right essentially i can make this really short we walk down that and up over this what i you know wanted to call a cap rock with this hill and there's a saddle and i'm like we're just gonna walk over it got real quiet we're gonna walk over real quiet he's gonna be in there locked with this dough in this little bowl in the middle of nowhere and I'm gonna get a look at him. Well, I walk up over, and I see I see a deer head, and it's him. And he's at 90 yards, looking right at me. All I can see is his head. I don't <laughs> know if they heard me coming up or what, because it got real quiet and the wind mm-hmm. died. And we was were he uh, like spooky or was he like thinking you're another buck? He was alert. Yeah, but I don't know that he was really spooky because he's looking at me, mm-hmm. and and I, I and Greg stops, you know, and then he all of a sudden. Uh, like probably 30, 40 seconds into it, we're just staring off. I don't have a gun shoulder or nothing. I can't even see his vitals. And then I hear a blow, and it's the doe that's with him. And he turns and looks at her, I believe, and I'm like, all right, Greg, here we go. And so Greg gets up, comes up. I still don't know what this deer is exactly because mm-hmm. it's, it's like after sunset. And so everything's gray in Texas. If you don't know, these deer are very gray a lot of times. And Greg comes up, gets it on him, focuses – quickly he does a really good job of that most times whenever he gets that camera up he finds the deer quick and he i'm like are you ready i'm looking through my scope I'm like this thing is wide dude and i can't tell a whole lot about him but the frame is there so i'm just like well we're here i'm sweating (laughs) i'm fixing to shoot this thing you know what i mean and greg goes yeah i'm on him and i was like are you sure and he's like yep pull the trigger and to my surprise he's still running and I saw a bunch of dust below. That's weird. And I was like, did I smoke the ground in front of me? And um, 
And so I rack one, I shoot again, I rack one, I shoot again, and he, he drops. He's running downhill, just drops like a sack of potatoes. And we go up to him, and uh, a few minutes later, and turns out I didn't miss him. And, um, I mean, he's an 18-inch wide, like not on a huge body deer too. Like he he is a big deer for his body, you know mm-hmm. what I mean? Like he's he's a – he was a big deer. Um, I was told he was five by somebody who looked at the teeth. And he, so he was like a mature deer, big body uh, for for that area even. Mm-hmm. And he was 18 inches wide, but he was just a little bit short up top. But he's a, I mean, he's a solid eight point. I thought he was cool. He's awesome. <laughs> he was awesome. And so, <clears throat> but. You know, I was kind of a little bit regretful at first because I was like, man, it's the first day. Like, should I have waited? It's mm-hmm. it's a weird feeling, you know. And, and yeah. people like say, people like to say, I don't ever want to be forget uh, regretful because, you know, it's like not valuing deer's life. And it's like, well, I can't help what I felt in that moment. You know what I mean? Yeah, well, people and, that hit the hit a deer with a Honda Civic and kill them aren't very regretful either, you know, yeah. except for their car. Yeah. So, like, yeah, you know. So, yeah, it's a good point. But anyway, I – I did, I did for a little bit, and then when I when I had a guy that I trusted his thought stick his finger in that deer's mouth and say he was five and a half, I was like, okay. That's what you're after. That's what I was trying yeah. to do. You know, I just didn't know for sure. Because, I, dude, we've been shooting some giant uh, Midwestern deer, and, you know, this deer, I think he dressed like 143 or something like that. So, sol- solid buck, but, like, not – he didn't – I mean – my Kansas buck might have dressed 200. You mm-hmm. know what I mean? So it's just a different looking animal, and you just don't know when you've been shooting South Dakota deer that DLA. are, you know, eating willows all summer, yeah. you know, and stuff. So Yeah, they look way different in South Dakota deer. Yeah, they do. It's a but it was awesome. Build. Like, once I found that out, I, I I just had a lot of peace in the situation. It made it's me good. feel a lot better. And, I was, and now I'm really – it was it was a – you know, I look back on it, and more regretful about the fact that I was regretful, but I understand like, it's just a thing that happened, you know? Mm-hmm. And, and now I'm like, that was really cool actually mm-hmm. to go shoot that five-year-old deer. So. Okay. Congratulations. Thank you. By the way, very cool. And you know, what the people like to hear is that <clears throat> they eat good too. You know, mm-hmm. like meat eater, right? That's right, man. Me <laughs> but for real, like, it's just like people go too far one way or the other on that stuff. Dude, it's like everything. You're excited about everything. Everybody's got to be polarized, man. Yep. It's got to be a north or a south pole. It's just how you are. Mm-hmm. But um, we we equator boys around here. That's right, yeah, bro. They're just uh, right in the middle. We eat them and we like them antlers. A couple man. of tropic Texans. That's it. Um, so, uh, the question on every deer hunter's mind is, how do you feel like the six five did on that whitetail? Can you kill a deer with a six five? Yeah, you can. Apparently. Yeah. I was surprised that he ran after the first shot. We looked at the first shot and it was like a frontal and it went like base of the neck. He's face I mean, he's he was downhill. Mm-hmm. So I mean it, it should have smoked everything. Yeah. But um I don't know. It's is weird. And <clears throat> I don't know, I was using ammo that says competition ammo. Yeah. But that was all I had. But it's a it's a boat to the hollow point. So if anything, it should uh, expand too fast. If anything, I think. Yeah. Well, he was running. I think he's running dead. But like, 
Yeah. The the, th- the third shot dropped him like a rock. Mm-hmm. So I do know that you know it can drop him, but I don't. I didn't even. I don't even think I saw him flinch after I hit him that third shot. Yeah. Um, Were they uh, high shoulder or something? Well, it was mid body, but it was quartered away real hard, so it hit the offside shoulder. Yeah. Um, you know that's what dropped him. I guess. So, would you like to know what I think? Yeah. Um, would love to. <laughs> There's a video on the Meteor Channel. It's uh, the thumbnail looks says Big Boars on it, but the title I think is Texas Hog or something like that, right? With Garrett Long uh, and the Element Boys. You should go watch it if you haven't. It's like what y'all probably like about what we do on the Meat Eater channel. Mm-hmm. I mean, it is it is an East Texas deal. It's it's <clears throat> one of my more favorite videos that we've made just because what we were doing was a lot of fun. A lot of John boating and hogging and all kinds of stuff going on in that video. Mm-hmm. We'll link to it in the description below. But in that video, Garrett is using a 6.5. It's a semi-auto 6.5, so it's an AR-10, but it's a similar uh, – and it's the same round. Um and I believe same bullets, um, or same, uh, yes, same cartridge and bullets that Tyler shot this deer with. And the first shot that he puts on a hog um, might have hit some kind of brush or something, but I don't think it does. But it hits the hog on the point of the shoulder, and the round just kind of disintegrates, and the hog runs off, and he has to finish it off later. And between that and your experience, I know the kind of shot you took on that deer. 90 yards with a high-powered rifle, frontal, should drop a deer in place. Unless you hit him like really low in the brisket and it's like just bottom of the heart or something. But um, I'm now more of a skeptic of the round than I used to be. <clears throat> yeah. But it's like I think I mentioned earlier, I have two bows, all right? They're both the same speed bow and one of them i got 416 grain arrows with some <clears throat> expandables and the other one i got 535 grain arrows with some big expandables and some fixed blades i can promise you they are two different tools mm-hmm. at this point in time right so that's how i think the 65 is going to be i think it's just in that middle range where if you take the right shots with the right animal and the right ammo, then it's very effective. But there's probably like, I think this is why guys shoot 270s a deer. You don't have to worry about that. Mm-hmm. They're just going to kill them dead. Mm-hmm. There's none of this, well, let me find the right ammo. You can go get Corlock 270s and you're going to kill every whitetail in Texas with that thing. Mm-hmm. It ain't going to, they, they ain't one that could survive it. Mm-hmm. Right? And so like, I think that Maybe the six five is the um, the like fiddler's gun. What, 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 what's the right word we're looking for? You know, like the guy who likes the to tinker, mess around. Tinker, yeah, likes yeah. to tinker around with stuff. Tinker bell. You know, and so like, um, it's a cool gun. It's very flat shooting, uh, low wheat recoil. I'm assuming, right? Yeah, like, it was. Yeah, I was, I was surprised. I mean, I was able to. The last two shots were really quick. Mm-hmm. I mean, I was able to pull it off really quick. Yeah, you so. And that's because the gun's not flying everywhere because it's kicking the tar out of you, mm-hmm. right? So you get back on the animal quick. So I think that it has a lot of positive attributes, but you probably – it just sits in that weird range of like, 
uh, you know, they're not magnums, so like you, you mm-hmm. got to kind of have some things dialed. Kind of like a 308 yeah. or a 7 millimeter 08 or a 243. All of those guns kill plenty of whitetails, but it's not the same thing as a magnum. Yeah, yeah, for sure. I mean, we're gonna test it on some hogs, I think, sometime this spring or summer, and mm-hmm. try to have a better idea. But it's a cool gun. It's a Sig Cross, and uh, it kind of looks like an AR platform gun. Yeah, it's kind of cool. It's got it's it's got a modern chassis on it, you know, but it's it's a bolt, which is it's mm-hmm. yeah. I like it. I like the folding stock on it. it makes it yeah. like really easy to transport. Mm-hmm. It's, it's really cool, cool man. Mm-hmm. But yeah, it was, it was it was awesome. I mean, it was a f- cool place. I, I wish we could have been there a little bit longer. Mm-hmm. Um, we uh, we'll put a video out. We actually went out and, and uh, hung out on the place a little bit longer just to because I mean, there's qu- so many quail around and mm-hmm. all the you know wildlife and stuff. Man, it was just it was a neat place. I wish I could have spent a little more time there. But then we went from there to uh hang out with you and uh we'll have to get the rest of that story on a the next podcast here in the next couple of days man i i i'm excited to tell that story for sure it's it's good stuff man but good stuff on that buck too man mm-hmm. i know you're looking forward to that hunt it's kind of cool to shoot something with a gun yeah eric's never done it i shot a turkey you did mm-hmm. smoked it mm-hmm. that's right i was thinking about right i should have said rifle yeah 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 do you have interest in shooting things with rifles yeah, I've been. I, my goal is to draw like a late season elk rifle hunt one day. Oh, you we'll can see. pull that off. <laughs> Are you trying to shoot a bull or a cow, or does it matter? Uh, I'd like to shoot a bull. Do you have yeah. an adequate amount of warm clothing? Uh, <laughs> hopefully. Or do you know someone who can maybe supply you such? That's I know good. Some late season elk hunting is is not for the fan. <laughs> well, I tell you what. Never mind, we won't get it. That's off off podcast conversation. <laughs> Late season can be really cold. Uh, I got some ideas. Yeah, for you. For, for sure. Me too. Um, that's cool. What are you going to shoot them with? Need to figure that are out. Are you going to? I don't know. Well, <laughs> we'll cross don't that tell Lori, we but are you <laughs> participatively procuring? Well, a, I'm, I'm a Texan uh, now, so that's right, man. Still don't tell Lori. Lori doesn't know. Lori doesn't know. Uh, Well, guys, there's a lot of deer season left. Get out there and hunt with rifles or bows or whatever you want to. Have a good time. And remember, this is your element. You ever get that feeling the walls closing in, the concrete jungle suffocating you? You crave some wide open spaces, the chance to connect with nature, maybe in a spot all your own. Well, head over to land.com. They've got ranches, forests, mountains, streams, you name it. Search by acreage. You can search by location. You can search by the kind of hunting and fishing you're dreaming of. Land.com. It is where the adventure begins. Market House has the cleanest, leanest, juiciest meat and seafood shipped to your home overnight. Expect the service of a local butcher and the convenience of a large supplier. Unlike many online butchers, you can grab just one meal's worth or lock in for a subscription box. Choose from grass-fed and grass-finished beef, American Wagyu, free-range poultry, grass-fed lamb, wild-caught king crab, seafood, and more. For 15% off your first order, use code COUNTRY at checkout. Just visit markethouse.com. That's M-A-R-K-E-T-H-O-U-S-E dot com. And use the code COUNTRY.